Hi everybody, welcome to another edition of G&R on IoT podcast. My name is Gaurav Suman. I'm the product marketing lead at Hive MQ. We are an enterprise MQTT platform which helps companies uh, run IoT applications and manage their real-time data via our platform. With me is my colleague Ravi. Ravi. Hi everybody. My name is Ravi Subramanian. I am the industry solutions uh, manager for manufacturing for HiveMQ. What that means is that I focus on the manufacturing industry vertical or the various sub-verticals within manufacturing and how HiveMQ products can be better suited for manufacturing. So awesome. happy to be here. Super, Bravi. So for our listeners, just to recap um, why we do this podcast, our goal is to always make sure we, we are sharing with you the latest developments that we come across in the world of IoT. Us being a vendor which is sitting right in the middle of all the action, we get visibility into where the market is moving, how uh, people and businesses are thinking about evolving uh, their IoT applications, overall roadmap of their business, etc. And, and we are hoping that this is information that's useful to uh, our peers and, and anybody else really who wants to learn more about IoT and, and where that um, where we are headed in, in the IoT uh, realm. Yeah. So that said, um, Ravi, in the last couple of episodes, we've, we've talked quite a bit about um, the, the element of portability, the element of staying vendor neutral and, and all yeah. of those things. Ecosystem, open versus closed ecosystems. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what timing that, you know, between the last time we did one of these and now we've had um, an announcement from a major hyperscale company. So this this was Google where they announced uh, the Google IoT core uh, being mm-hmm. deprecated and enough has been written about it. Uh, we are, of course, and I'm sure, you know, others in the, in the business have had to um, field queries around that and we are continuing to help uh, companies who are looking to transition um, j- just based on, you know, what their new roadmap has to look like. So um, any thoughts particularly on that? And then we, we should move on to the topic of IoT observability, where I would love to uh, exchange ideas with you. Yeah. I mean, definitely makes a case for what we've been talking about, which is having that, uh, not having the vendor lock-in, right? Having a solution which can work with any use cases that you want, either with, with Google, for example, or with, with other applications that you might have. So I think this definitely, this announcement is definitely a wake-up call for people that are looking for a solution that would kind of like be like support all their use cases that are like not specifically with any particular vendor. So that's what I would say. And Makes this sense. presents a great opportunity for everyone uh, moving forward as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. So Ravi, one of the things which um, IoT enables massively for mm-hmm. enterprise businesses is customer experience. And the experience can be about how quickly does your mobile app uh, respond in case of, say, a, a banking scenario. In another scenario, uh, and this is one of a, one of the one of the clients that we've been servicing for the last uh, several years now. The scenario could be that you um, you are looking to rent a car, and then you walk up to the car. You want to use your mobile app to unlock the car for you, just based on the fact that you're a member. You 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 have no outstanding dues. You've made a reservation. So all of that authentication 
assuming happens properly, the car should unlock for you almost instantly. That's a customer experience thing. And that customer experience uh, shows itself in this, the rating that you get on the app and the reviews people leave with you. Will they renew with you or not? Will they recommend you to others, etc.? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see how that one user who's approaching a vehicle so that it unlocks, lets the individual in and, and onwards into their journey. If you trace it back, it's an IoT connectivity issue. There's a security element there of authentication. There's a security element of actually making sure it's the right person getting into the right car um, and so on. So interestingly, um, we... Uh, we know of this use case where uh, the ride-sharing app called ServiceNow. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, not ServiceNow. ShareNow, not ServiceNow. ShareNow, uh, which had, which is uh, now owned by Stellantis, uh, but until a little while back, it was owned by the BMW Group. They had this issue where when people used to walk up to the cars, in some cases, it used to take them as long as 30 seconds to unlock mm. uh, their mm. vehicle. Yeah. Which is which is a problem, right? Of course. <laughs> You live in Chicago, I live in Ottawa, Canada, so we both know the weather can get to such extremes that, you know, you don't have 30 seconds before you get in the car and you can't be outdoors for that long in, in an extreme uh, weather scenario, which which happens more often than not. Um, or I should say challenging weather scenario is not extreme. Hopefully, extreme doesn't happen too often. But in any case, so you have somebody taking 30 seconds uh, to, uh, to, to, to get in the car. It's a problem. So with our technology, uh, they were able to bring it down bring it down to the point that it was almost instant. So from 30 seconds, you go to sub-second, which is fantastic. Now, that's great. That's the solution to a problem that uh, was more of, more of a technology shift. You know, they were using SMS-based authentication and, and data transfer. Now they could use MQTT, which is always connected. It's lightweight and so on, all that good stuff. Not, not to say that the bandwidth also efficiencies that they gained or the lower cellular costs that they incurred because now they're using MQTT, which is right. much more- Instead of text messages, but yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, clearly one less hop in the middle, another technology platform doesn't have to come in the middle. Now, the reality of, you know, the, the sort of distributed technology stack that almost all modern businesses use is that things, uh, face a degree of performance degradation, right? You know, you'll you'll have those moments, you'll have those days, not sa- not saying that it's happening, but I'm just drawing a scenario here. Now, what if one day it is actually taking five seconds uh, to unlock the car, right? And, you know, the people who built that new solution um, would assume that the problem has been fixed forever because of, you know, the architectural shift and so on. But... In a situation where you see performance degradation, mm-hmm. right, you need to be able to get to the root of it so you can A, fix it, and second, do some remediation right. uh, so it doesn't happen again, or at least log it as a known risk that, okay, assuming this happens, and I'm going to, I don't know, draw up a scenario of, you know, the the vehicle being in a, uh, a basement parking where there was no mobile connectivity, for example, right. then what happens? And, and right. so on, you know, there could be so or much. City, so or city there. driving, typically city driving, you have high races and it's difficult right. for signals to go through from time to yeah. time. And the performance degradation here is, is then something which impacts the user experience. 
And when you log a ticket, as in the user then logs a ticket with, with the vendor, the, the, the vendor in this case, say let's say is the app share now, what do they do next? You know, their, their people will look at a wider uh, set of possibilities as to you know where is this going wrong. And I'll not be surprised if their whole technology stack is, is about 20 vendors. So who do they call? Right? Yeah. Are they speaking yeah. to the mobile connectivity provider? Are they speaking to um, their MQTT platform provider? Are they speaking to the cloud mm -hmm. provider? Are they speaking to the authentication company? Where right. is the issue? Right? right. So that aspect of observability, being able to see all that's happening, and then if things are going wrong, um, who do we contact yes. first? Right. Right. Or or at least um, keep keep on kind of a, a standby or give them a heads up that, hey, you know, looks like something is going wrong here and we're going to be reaching out soon. So we need your best people on the on the job, if that's the case. Mm -hmm. That IoT observability aspect is something mm -hmm. that we are finding becoming more and more important because a lot of the consumer experiences, uh, whether it be, you know, streaming devices or as I mentioned, you know, uh, vehicles on the move, these are things which are uh, really IoT use cases and there's so much uh, in terms of you know distributed technology in play here, uh, that that it's important to understand the whole stack, be cognizant that there is so much so much so many moving parts here which can impact the overall experience. Sure. So before we talk about what it will take to you know uh, be better prepared to handle such issues, I would love to hear from you, Ravi, from a industry and and uh, industry 4.0 perspective, IIoT perspective, manufacturing perspective. What are some of those scenarios you see where observability yeah. plays a role? No, absolutely, right. Um, you know, obviously, we, you talk about like uh, this this app, the 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 ride app, where you have like twenty vendors. Very similar to that in manufacturing, you have s systems that were put together over a period of time, right? And from an IIoT perspective, it it's not like I wouldn't say it's always designed the most optimally. It's more of like an afterthought in some cases where they have some systems already in place locally within their factory or within their the, the substation, if you will, and they decide, okay, you know what, why don't we take this use case a one step higher? So they might bring in some IoT systems and ultimately they'll build together a system that I wouldn't say band-aided, but it's like something that was not like uh, well thought through from an end-to-end -end perspective, which means that over time they might have multi-vendors and solutions that have like different ways of talking, if you will, they don't necessarily all talk to each other seamlessly. And then typically there is one, one kind of entity in the middle that's holding it all together and that making it, that's making everything work, right? And to me, observability in manufacturing is absolutely important, especially when you don't have um, the data flowing, which, is, um, which happens from time to time, but more importantly, when, when there's performance degradation, right? Like we talked about, I am not able to see the data as often as um, I, I was able to, for example, right? If you're doing remote monitoring of like this oil well that's sitting in some remote location and then you're sitting in other some other location ma ma managing that, if you don't have the data available at the right time, you might end up making a wrong decision, right? Based on like some historic data, it's not populating pro properly. So it's paramount that the data is always available to you at the right time so you can make the right decisions. So again, if the data is not flowing, then that observability becomes key in that particular scenario, Gaurav. Makes sense. Makes sense, Ravi. Yeah. So let's let's talk about you know what it takes to solve for this. And mm -hmm. solve is perhaps not the right word. 
management is right is the right yeah, word exactly. because you need a strategy here you're, you're talking right. about things which which don't even have you don't know how it will present itself will it be an yeah. outage will it be mm-hmm. slowness mm-hmm. yeah will it be erratic unexplained behaviors we don't know these are service yeah. issues and we need a plan to manage and i think a lot of the application performance management platforms apm platforms and some people call them monitoring platforms management doesn't matter let's call them management for now apm uh, platforms datadog new relic mm-hmm. uh, honeycomb there's there's several and we have customers who use uh, a spectrum of all of these technologies yeah. uh, then there are other you know sort of i'll not the basic but more common uh, ways people plug uh, their uh, uh, events and activities via say a grafana dashboard where you know a, a a basic more elementary view of their ecosystem is good enough for them to uh, make some decisions on you know what's what's mm-hmm. wrong and why etc yeah. now if you if you read up on their literature they they explain to you that apm is essential for the business and yeah i think in the in the evolved digital economy i would i would agree there is a need for you to have a clear view of how your applications are performing so mm-hmm. they have these specialist vendors have got fantastic dashboards um, they offer very deep visibility into what's going on and why mm-hmm. uh, they can report on certain thresholds okay here's your baseline say latency but it's higher now and so on and so forth now what's yeah. interesting is that the it the the more common place it setup which is more governed more again you know uh, accessible to you available to you right inside of your you know uh, mm-hmm. uh, boundaries of operation versus uh, systems which are uh, by nature or i should say application which are um, of the iot nature where, yeah. you know things are on the move they are way out which means data needs to be collected over um, you know erratic connectivity and so on and so forth so we know how fun iot can right. get right so right. so the idea of um, observability so if somebody does a google search to say okay observability tell me more you know you'll you'll come up to literature which talks about the three pillars of observability metrics logging or logs yeah. and traces yeah. and and they go on to describe okay this is what it is available but they also then say okay this is not what it takes for you to have your system genuinely observable especially in the iot context because again there's so much mm-hmm. that can change or is likely to change mm-hmm. uh, mobile network connectivity for example the latency might vary so your applications have to be built to be able yeah. to you know uh, perform and right. those are not red flags if the latency goes from i'm just going to come up with some numbers here let's say uh, 0.3 milliseconds to even 1 and 1/2 seconds Mm-hmm. your application is built to to tackle that and right. um, you know just let's take right. uh take that as an example so the the complete flow of data across distributed systems right and being able to trace that the concept of distributed tracing i think where um iot um is most uh belongs more in that Uh, category, I would, I would think, and that's where, and I'm, 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 I'm intrigued by how O'Reilly, one of the O'Reilly authors, uh, describes it. They are saying that uh, metrics, traces, and logs may not be enough to make your system observable. So you need to be able to log 
you know, more than that, some real-time information. And that's what's interesting about distributed tracing, that it talks about tracing your data as it flows through an environment which is of distributed nature. So I'm, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, this is IoT, 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 it is, right? You, you have a cloud, you have a uh, on-premise authentication happening perhaps. You know, there's an endpoint which needs to um, verify, authenticate, stay connected, and so on. So it's interesting that the the conventional view of observability uh, of plain metrics, logs, and traces, which are still valuable, you know, you, that's like a point in time or perhaps a historic view. But for distributed tracing to be, or I should say, for the job that you're trying to do and making sure that that job that you're trying to do, as in delivering an experience of a certain kind and quality to your experience, uh, to your customers, you have to go beyond. You have to go beyond metrics, logs, and tracing into distributed tracing. Sure. And where it begins to get interesting, Ravi, though, is that, and you know, HiveMQ is doing some work in this area also as we speak, um, not, um, actually, not any MQTT, pure play MQTT, you know, somebody who's full featured can support MQTT3, MQTT5, and, mm -hmm. and has got, you know, deep and full specification support of MQTT. None of the vendors out there have um, have have support for distributed tracing. Mm. And with support, I mean the ability to uh, instrument their their broker, which is one of the foundational blocks of the platform, to be able to you know, send information that can be consumed by a data dog or a new relic, and then be able to to you know include that in their view and the alerting system and so on. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 mind-boggling that companies who invest half a million dollars, you know, or several hundred thousand dollars in in buying these APM systems, implementing it, even they will struggle. That when IoT performance goes down, they they can't lean uh, beyond a certain point on their uh, MQTT platform to help them out because the platforms are not instrumented this way. It's 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 going to change soon. By the way, I mean it's perhaps a bit of a preview that. Uh, our listeners are getting here because uh, distributed tracing support is um, is soon coming on uh, on HiveMQ. Um, right. But irrespective, my point is just from an industry perspective, that's what it takes um, to make sure there is instrumentation on your uh, on on the building blocks of your IoT application. Uh, so let's say the MQTT broker in our case. That's what it takes for your APM to do the job that it is supposed to do. So you can do the job that you have promised your customers that you will do for them, right? Um, so it's interesting how that one, um, you know, new uh, observability paradigm, distributed tracing, has an impact all the way down to uh, user experience. Because if something goes wrong, the time it takes to resolve can depend on how quickly can you find where is it wrong and then what is wrong right at least you're able to zone right. in as quickly right. as you can so any, right. any thoughts on this Ravi? you've seen this in real life uh, and any you know uh, stories from the trenches around this yeah absolutely right um, and like you said um, you know when multiple systems come together um, you know all your data points that we talked about are only as good as how you can consume it and use it to build out something that would make sense for your system, right? I mean, in the world of manufacturing, again, right? Like uh, if I can just go back there, there is so much more uh, complexity there uh, because like it's not just the 
what's happening inside the manufacturing floor that that matters right it's like outside too because you need to know exactly where your inventory is for example uh, whatever uh, inventory is coming in uh, to for you to build your products and then like as it goes out where the um, where the where the product is flowing that whole end to end supply chain is key mm-hmm. especially in today's world with with covid in specifically industries like pharma manufacturing that that obviously was completely constrained on that supply chain what they thought was like a foolproof system wasn't quite that because obviously now with the increase in um, in in uh, the demand if you will because of um, the covid and the ensuing need for like drugs and and so on and so forth it's completely constrained so what what it means is that like there is a lot more data that needs to be plugged in which makes the the whole system that much more complex and that's why you need a a good system if you will built into place that works for you right not everything works for everyone that mm-hmm. that is that's important to um so i would like to emphasize that because um, yes just having an apm system in place um, and saying that yes i'm good uh, it's it's not yeah. good enough because your system is not a static system it is it is it is continuing to build and your apm system for example needs to keep up with it and ensure that all of that new elements that you add are mm-hmm. added in so that like if whatever hits the fan you are able to kind of figure out what's what's happening i agreed agreed yeah so ravi uh, i i need to go back and link it back to the conversation we've been having in the last yeah. uh, podcast here just can't help it which is sure. a, a open standards based system yes and my my point here is that apm vendors have done something great here with respect to distributed tracing that they have all come together uh, along with um, some some other you know uh, people and players in the industry to craft what's called the open telemetry um, specification um the open telemetry specification does something very simple which is that you know systems which are you know southwards of the apm mm-hmm. the systems have now a definition of how they are going to share information or i should say how should they package information which will be consumed by the apm vendor so there are some elements there like spans and span ids and trace ids that today it it we know of a few vendors who 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 you know have created a very tight coupling with uh, some platforms they only work with them and what you quote unquote called certified um players and the problem there is that you know you are again tying yourself into an ecosystem so imagine mm-hmm. if apm vendor x says that yes our apm um, works awesome with this one vendor only and there's a problem right you're beginning to tie yourself in your success now as as a business depends on the apm vendor's ability to continue to support this southward um element in your it stack and vice versa right that this uh you know let's say a broker which says oh we work only or we work the best if that's <laughs> a red flag or not one has to wonder with this particular apm platform you know there is something there is something to uh, dive deeper into there is 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 my point open telemetry changes all that open telemetry and i invite our readers to also you know look at the open telemetry website where they list you know all the vendors who they support and you'll see pretty much every apm vendor 
who's who's important to the market listed up there you know every single name that we mentioned here and and so many more so the advantage that customers have then all they need to see is okay open telemetry is the way um, distributed tracing data needs to be packaged and are the, are the are the vendors and these you know foundational elements of my it systems which i need to be able to track uh, to to trace and see on my apm are they able to send data um, as specified by open telemetry so it's interesting how the vendors the apm vendors uh, have chosen to you know not not just kind of uh, do like a royal rumble and see who comes out on top in the end they are saying hey we 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 need to make sure customers are able to choose the platform of their choice we should be able to consume data that's our job and how about we work together and define a standard rather than saying we are all certified to work with all the 30 vendors who could be sending us data so open telemetry ravi i think does a great job at that and and the specification is is done quite nicely and um so I, that's that's a way forward so um it's important again going back to the idea of open standards that uh, anybody who's looking to build an iot application looks at uh, their platform providers as players who play well in the open standards ecosystem and now we have open telemetry defining that for uh, observability purposes specific to iot in our case in hivim q case i should say um, it's important to see uh, support for open um, yeah. open telemetry great i think that's a great tie back to our open versus closed ecosystem as well and there is always a complaint that if um, vendors conform to open standards they, they their product is non differentiated right they're not able to kind of like show their product um, as being stand out if you will right i think if i can just bring it back to our product from hivemq perspective we are an example of basing our product on on our platform on an open ecosystem or an open like um, uh protocol like mqtt but yet we are able to differentiate ourselves because we comply with mqtt 3 and 5 but then we have built on top of it specific features that our customers want right that's yeah, how exactly. we are able to differentiate ourselves and something also to stay conscious of here ravi is that observability is not just about your mqtt broker and uh, and your backend servers there is there's a lot of action happening there you are plugging in let's say your your apache kafka based um, you know streaming systems there's data being written and read from those systems so uh, observability ideally or one would expect as a business is not limited to oh this data was coming from kafka or going into kafka it means that we need to uh, again you know from scratch uh, think about how this system can plug into the mqtt broker um, so uh, so it's it's important to stay cautious of how that interplay with other systems is going to work so the vendor should be able to not just give you a deep dive into their their system but also how it plays with others who are feeding into it right because the more data and traces and information that you can gather from your whole all of the complete platform the better you're able to analyze so you can drop what you want if you don't want any data coming to you which is let's say latency below 2.5 seconds it doesn't matter awesome the the apm vendor will set that threshold it will only let you track data beyond that so it's not busy it's it's only sending you alerts for genuinely you know bad and wrong situations but 
again, southwards, these systems, you know, the MQTT broker included in our case, for example, have to be able to support that capability that, yeah, we realize there are systems plugging into us, for example, Kafka. Yes, we are able to identify that it's coming via a Kafka extension. So we are able to package it, tag it accordingly, and still be able to use the open telemetry format to provide a distributed trace going into the APM system. And the APM system can use that that data how they like. Mm. Um, the other element, Ravi, is uh, <laughs> I find it fascinating. It's called AI Ops. Mm. The AI Ops systems, there's a lot of uh, applications available now where they want you to give them, you know, again, logs, metrics, traces, and the systems will then do uh, analysis using mm-hmm. machine learning to then advise, or I should say, for you to then come up with uh, what matters to you and then advise your uh, architects um, and, and others to refactor your applications if you need to redesign elements. But it's fascinating that there are, there are only, I should say, it's only as far as you can go as a human being to, to look at your architecture and look at traces when you read them as humans. But when you pull all that out, you know, give it to a machine system, feed it into it, uh, the AI ops system then comes back with analysis, which you can then use to influence and optimize your, your infrastructure. So it's important to stay again conscious of how that data is packaged. Is it machine readable? Uh, whichever way we are receiving the uh, the traces, metrics, logs, and traces. It's kind of table stakes, I must point out, but again, something which we should not lose sight of. So there's two levels here, making sure metrics, logs, traces are available for for you to you know, pull and feed into your AI ops uh, based um, application or AI ops related application, and then um, also you know your APM. And then the distributed traces, which should be open telemetry um, uh, specification uh, based, and that's what you feed into your APM again and get a different degree of insight to be able to support your customers in real time. So that's yeah. that's really the spectrum of things we are talking about here with respect yeah, to IoT observability. AI, AI ops is great because obviously, like we talk about like the data maturity model where the data flows from like uh, the capture to like uh, to observable data, like dashboarding and then AI and like these higher use cases. And one of the use cases we talk about in uh, in um, in uh, mar- manufacturing is predictive maintenance. So to be able to predict the failures of machines. In this case, it's like, it's not just observability. It's not just the tracing of the data for kind of like debugging, but it's also like providing solutions. Hey, you know what? The data based on the traces that I see is this, you might want to look at certain systems and plug certain issues to ensure that you don't have issues down the line. So that that's pretty interesting to me, right? Yeah, absolutely, Ravi. Yeah. All right, any uh, any other thoughts, ideas, Ravi, before we close? I think that's it, right? I mean, I think um, observability is key, like we talked about. Um, for me, from a manufacturing perspective, it is absolutely paramount given the myriad of systems that comes together and uh, having that open kind of like um, system, like based on open telemetry is key because that way you can have vendors easily conform to it. And so that it creates a subsystem where data can be easily interpreted and uh, observed. Absolutely. Thank you, Ravi. So uh, closing off again on, on the idea of there's a job to be done by applications. One of, the, one of those jobs is to create a high, uh, highly satisfying customer experience. 
and observability we believe is is one way to help people get there so iot observability is is important is key over the coming days um, we should be uh, also putting out some content around this so we invite our readers to check out uh, the hyphen q website and perhaps follow me and you on uh, on linkedin if they would like and that's where they'll they'll keep hearing more about us and from us yeah. thank you ravi appreciate the time thank you bye yeah, thanks everybody for listening in thanks thanks everybody bye